0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at BYTE.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Welcome to Living Your Life with Leanne Lang. A big thanks to John Milkey from Blast Podcast for being on the other end of this call, producing as best as we can through COVID, and me recording from my daughter Andy's bedroom. Life pivots, throws us major curveballs, and we learn to adjust. My guest this week knows this all too well. I had heard the name Jana Webb circulating in my circles for quite some time, either through the athletic world or the TV world, but we had never actually met or crossed paths. Then, in the span of two weeks, Jana was a guest on two different virtual events that I was doing, and the timing was perfect. Some of you may be familiar with her name if you're a fan of The Real Housewives of Toronto. Maybe you've heard of Joga or Joga House, her creation of yoga for athletes. You may have seen her on YouTube, Entertainment Tonight, on TED Talks, and the list goes on. Her success training professional athletes all around the world is absolutely amazing. And the concept behind yoga is something I'm eager to learn about when we're talking about movement and breath. But it's also her miraculous recovery from a horrible car accident a few years ago that really puts into perspective the power of the body to heal itself and the power of the mind to be its greatest asset. Still recovering from a broken a broken back in three places and serious concussion aftermath, Jana is actually joining us today, eager to talk about living in the present moment and using our authentic voice to do so. So Jana, so great that we could actually connect and actually have this work out. Even Fine. though what we're meeting this way
0: (laughs) see every silver linings right silver linings and everything
1: yeah i find the universe works in in very interesting ways you know are you like that do you have like a spiritual like um kind of things happen for certain reasons way of 1000
0: a long time ago i read do you remember the book the celestine prophecy i don't know if you know the
1: title i haven't read
0: it yeah, so this is one of these books that I read early in my days, and it just talked about how there's no coincidences and everything good and bad is leading you somewhere that you're supposed to be. And so I kind of live my life that way, and I think that's why you know I'm able to maintain a positive attitude because I'm like, oh, but this sucks, but I know there's a reason for it. <laughs>
1: Uh, not many of us are capable of doing that, and I think it's remarkable to what you've been through. I mean, right now, you've got the yoga background, you got your yoga wear on. How are you just really, like, quickly, how have you coped? How have you pivoted in terms of your business and what you're doing right now through COVID? Yes.
0: Yeah, it's been, you know, it was one of those things where I feel like everybody I had a pity party for myself for the first week when I, you know, we were going on a family vacation to Mexico that we were looking forward to. I had a six month tour plan, like speaking engagements all around the world with, you know, events and conferences that have been on my hit list for years. I say it was like the year of Jana and then it all got canceled and I was like, you know like are you kidding me and and then I had a call from one of our NHL teams and he was like hey and it's a a team we work with for the last three years three seasons and he was he just asked me he's like are you able to train our players right now remotely and I was like ding 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 I was like oh my gosh I have to shift right now I'm like my teams need me now more than ever right because there's no weights people can do it from like yoga is perfect for them right now
1: so okay, that Well, yeah. let's, yeah, let's, let's go with that right now. Let's kind of get a premises to the work that you do and then we'll backtrack because I think the work that you do now is based on a lot of the things that you went through in your life. So yoga in itself, what is it?
0: So yoga is my creation of yoga for athletes. And I, 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 I don't even really say that anymore because there's really nothing yoga esque about it in, in terms of the movements, but it, 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 there is the breathing and the relaxation pieces of yoga that we've been able to, uh, you know, learn some science about and, adapt it and coach it in a way that's digestible by the athlete, right? And how they understand information and what they need for sport. And the movement piece of it, we look at biomechanics of sport and apply movements that are cohesive to how these athletes move and train. So yoga, we say by definition, is a hybrid of biomechanics of sport with the science of yoga breathing.
1: Okay. Because at one point, breathing becomes an essential part of even calming themselves down or getting ready for a big play or getting into a certain zone. And yet there is no static movement in sport. <laughs> right. right. You're never holding it. I mean, every position that you're doing is, is in movement, either fast or slow, but it, or with opposition or with someone coming at you. So, you know, do they feel that the movements apply or is it all just how the body in itself kind of functions all together?
0: Yeah. So we look at it in, in two different ways. So I look at it from like a yoga landscape first. And you know, I was chatting with you about this before, where I always say, you know, you've never seen a hockey player stop mid-ice and do tree posture, right? Like it just, though know, that posture doesn't make sense for how they're moving. And so what we've done is looked at how hockey players move or football players or basketball players. And we applied those biomechanic pieces to their movement. So it's almost like foundational neuromuscular training to, that's cohesive to their bodies, how they're moving for 20 years, 25 years, however long they've been playing the sport rather than a, a long Static yoga pose that could be counter, you know, could be digressive to how they're actually training, right, and how they're performing. Um, so, in terms of movement, yoga is very much as a neuromuscular uh, memory system. It's so hard to explain over like a podcast because it's there's so much to it, and it's so kinetic, and it's so nuanced, and every single movement in yoga has a purpose. So, our role or our lane that we live in is active recovery. So we're not strength and conditioning, we're not rehab, we're not medical. We stay in the lane of active recovery because that's where we have some leverage and that's what teams are looking for, right? They're looking for ways to stimulate what's called this parasympathetic nerve system, which you know is this system that combats stress, right? That sympathetic nervous system that even with COVID right now, everybody is like subconsciously in because everyone's in survival mode. Right. I go back to the example of everyone buying toilet paper, right? People start to hoard and they start to think of like, you know, survival, right? But people haven't come out of that. And think about the longevity or of a hockey player or a basketball player, they're in this survival mode their entire careers. And what impacts does that have on their physical system, their emotional system, and their mental system? So we look at stress, right? Physical, emotional, and um, physical, emotional, mental stress. And we're like, what can we do to combat stress? And that's the lane we live in. And whether it's breath, whether it's movement...
1: I love that. But the thing is, is that there's only like a very slim percentage of people that make it into the professional sports realm. And yet there are a lot of people who are athletes, triathletes, you know, uh, running high end, you know, executive, stressful positions, and then still needing to get in that run or that workout or something. So does this apply, or can these movements apply to others, even though it's not sports specific, you know, in that they can benefit from it as well?
0: Oh my gosh, yeah. Like we fix we fix lives. You know, one of (laughs) it's so interesting because one of I one of my friends actually, she's worked in sport for 25 years. She's kind of like you and I, like she's been around forever, she's a sports chiropractor, and she had heard her and I have heard about each other for a year. And like you, we met last year, we had this amazing conversation. So she came to New York to do my yoga training last year. And then just during COVID, she's had the time now to really like harness the program and she's been teaching it. And you know, and she's been teaching like 30 classes a week and she's 50 years old and her body has completely transformed she's fixed all these injuries and so yes it works for every body i mean it's it pretty much fixes like if you have lower back pain or joint pain you know it does work on the kinetic chain and so it's really just understanding the human system because where people feel pain is generally it's caused by something else and so the whole yoga program is based on that and so besides like fixing pain in bodies you get a wicked shape. You get really strong because again, we're working on those deep core stabilizers and those muscle groups that kind of get avoided in general training, right? The quads, the glutes, like arm curls, like all these things that you do at the gym. Okay. It's great. And it's good to build strength that way, but does it help you move better? And so when we look at just everybody, mom's doing grocery shopping, right? Pushing cart, like grabbing something, holding a baby, like opening the car door, picking up things. It's just functional movement, right? And so of course the program's good for everybody. It's just so happy and that I started in sport and that's where my passion lies. And so that's where I live is in sport. Mm
1: -hmm. I think too, because we're going to talk about what the body is capable of doing. I mean, you've been an athlete all of your life. I was reading the bio. I mean, I think you've done every single sport (laughs) and tried sport, competitive sport, elite athlete at certain sports. Uh, You know, when you And I think that was probably one of the biggest saviors for you when you were in this pretty rough accident that happened. So if, do you mind, like what, what was your conditioning like, like what your whole life has been athletic. You relied on your body to be that kind of that central part of what you were able to accomplish in life. I I find like, I explain myself like that too, you know, like as a gymnast, like sport was everything and it became who I was, you know, and I feel very similar that that was your background for you too.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, well, what led me to yoga the the first time was a car accident, like just a fender bender. And that's what opened me up to this world of yoga because I had a shoulder injury and you know, somebody had recommended I try yoga, but I was a typical athlete trying to do yoga, right? It was awful. Like I was that tight body trying to like put my leg behind my head and like stand on one finger. And because I'm competitive, Oh, I was doing it and I was going to do it better than the person beside me. And whatever that teacher was doing, I was doing it, whether I could or not. And I hurt myself like bad. I hurt my back. I hurt everything, but I kept going back I always say it was like a bad relationship. Like there was good parts of it, like the breathing and the relaxation. And I kept going back for it. Was, yeah. Yeah. And I, I learned later on, now the, reflecting back, the reason I went back, because as an athlete, I was never taught all of those things about breath and relaxation and moving meditation and what that does to your ecosystem, right? And to your brain. And so I, now I know why I was going back. And that's where that ding, ding, ding moment was. I was like, oh my gosh, why isn't there anything out there for bodies like mine who can't move like Susie bend and stretch, right? I need something over here for this tighter body. And so I created it. And
1: yeah. Right. But I would think too, the, the breathing, because you were so go, 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 training was go, go, go. I found for me, because I just started doing yoga a couple months ago, it was the coming down part that my body needed to come down just as much and to breathe through certain things. And I know that breathing is a, still a massive part, no matter that you're doing a much more movement in yoga, breathing is still a, a big component.
0: Oh, it's the fund- it's the foundation. And if you look at any testimonials from any of our athletes – the breathing piece is the biggest part for them. One, because we learn, we teach athletes how to connect their breath mechanics to their core mechanics, which is very powerful as an athlete because most times they're not taught that. And then the second piece of that is how we use breath to find this parasympathetic nerve system, right? And what that doesn't mean like when they just need rest, that means like when they're about to take a free throw and how, they, they, how do they get into that right brain in that moment, right? And so we have all these strategies and techniques to bring them into that space, right? And so that's the most powerful piece of yoga um, and same like when I was first doing yoga and I liked the breathing but you know again talking about like adapting the program the teacher was telling me to like fly like a bird and breathe into my heart center and I'm like like find your heart center and I'm like I'm like looking around for it right like you know like when I used to tell athletes to find their like heart center they actually look for it right it we're so literal and I'm like I'm not a bird like don't tell me to fly like a bird I'm not a bird you know and so I was like, why, why isn't there anything out there for like my brain? I love this, but like, let's switch it up. And so that was the, that's where the whole idea of yoga stemmed from. I think that's an important piece of the story leading up to this accident piece and then how we got through
1: it. So, right. Right. Because you are actually training yoga. You're actually working with a professional baseball team at the time, I think, right? You were, and, and you were in a, was it Dominican?
0: Yeah. Where were you?
1: You yes. were in the Dominican Republic.
0: Dominican Republic. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, so you had just finished almost like this training with this team. And can you go through, can I let you kind of just go from here on for a couple minutes and, and go through what happened?
0: Yeah, you bet. And I'm, I'm good to talk about it. And I never know what will come up when I talk about it. So we just we'll figure that out in a minute or so. But um, I was down training a baseball team. So Team Escojito, which is where like Jose Bautista played and David Ortiz. So that's where the connection came from. And me being like at who I am, said yes to the opportunity, didn't really think about the risk involved. I'm just like, yes, 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 yes. It's sports. I'm going, of course. And, you know, I didn't know. So I finished team, my contract. And the the airport was two hours from Santo Domingo. So the team played in Santo Domingo. So I had to travel from Punta Canada to Santo Domingo. Well, contract's over. I'm like, you know, texting everybody saying thank you. And I was like, okay, I'm going to put my phone away. I'm just going to enjoy the scenery because for those four days that I was there, I was just like at this, at the facility, just training. And I didn't even actually get to see the beach or anything. So I'm like, I'm just gonna put my phone down and just enjoy the scenery. And literally I just went to put my phone down and I looked up and there was like a big um, like cement truck, like right in front of me. And I remember it like it just crystal clear what it looked like. Um, and then I was like, Oh my God, this is it. Like, I'm going to, you know, this is, this is it um and then I saw um right before I left I had taken this is hard always so hard to talk about um I had taken a picture of my son sleeping and I don't know why like whenever I traveled I always had anxiety about leaving and that when I left for Santa Domingo I took a picture of him he just looked like a little angel like lying on my bed and I kind of snuck out of the house and And like that picture came into my mind, like when, right when the car accident happened, because I don't know, like, I don't know why that happened. I don't know. I just remember that very clearly. And then, then the impact happened. And um, yeah, that's just like something you'll, you'll never forget. It was just so much pain in the body, you know, Um, because we hit it head on at like full speeds and I was sitting in the front seat and I just remember like, I, could, I remember coming to and I could breathe and I was like, okay, I'm alive, like that was kind of the first thing. And then once I figured out I was alive, I was like, okay, how do I breathe? Like I, I couldn't figure out how to breathe. And so I went, I breathed. I was like, okay, I know how to breathe, just go breathe. Like, do you know how to breathe? And I started to breathe and then I, I kind of recognized what was going on. I was like, okay, I've been in a car accident and I knew I needed help. And so I, I somehow, and I think somebody, somebody, there was a bunch of people uh, um, came and surrounded the car and they were yelling at me and screaming at me. And they were trying to pull me out of the car. And I remember being like, you can't pull me like, and I couldn't talk to them because I had broken my back, but I didn't know it. And so they were trying to pull me out of the window. So in Canada, it would have been like a Jaws of Life situation, right? Like they would have opened it up and, you know, got you out. There's no firemen. There's no 911. You know, there's nothing there, right? It's just a bunch of locals surrounding the car trying to help and so i met some they must have i said something about my phone cuz i was like i need to get a hold of somebody and i had the wherewithal to somehow get a hold of the the um, chad his name was chad sanders who was the guy who brought me down and he got a hold of the owner of the team who was in boston and again some, i don't know how then the next step i don't remember but i just know that i got to the hospital which was another hour and a half back and I don't even remember how I got there but I think it was like in a truck like on a piece of wood like it wasn't in a you know what I mean there's no I wasn't strapped in like nothing like that so I don't know how much damage was done from me getting out of the car into whatever that truck was or whatever to the hospital and then once I got to the hospital. Um, God, like I, I was just, yeah, it's so weird to get, ref- I, you know, I haven't talked about it for a long time. So it's weird to reflect back on, but I just remember being like, okay, I'm alive and I'm I'm, I'm alive. Like, I, I don't know how else to say it. And you're just like, kind of all over the place. Funny story though. So you're
1: alive though, but yeah. you're in a different country in a foreign life. Like, I mean, I know they speak English there, but a lot of the, you know, they were yelling at you, but it's in, it's it's is you're in the Dominican, right? It's not like you can immediately say in English, like something's wrong. Don't move me. Yes. You know, like it's, it's communication becomes a massive barrier too
0: all of it, like third world country, all the things, right? And, and then um, this is a funny story. So I get, I get into the hospital and they're, you know, running me around. It's not like our hospitals, first and foremost, you know, you're in a hospital in a third world country in Santa Domingo. It was two days into it. And and you know who actually flew down to come see me it was Natalie Dudridge. So she comes down to see me. She like, she's working for New York one at the time. And she just like completely cut, like cuts her calendar, flies down. I, cause everyone's like, Oh, I'm coming. I was like, no, no, no. I was so out of it. I'm like, no, I'm going home home tomorrow like I'm, I'm like no no I'm going home tomorrow I'm good like just everyone stay in Canada my mom and dad are like no we're coming I'm like no don't I'm like I'm, we're, I'm coming home I didn't know how bad it was like I was literally lying there in a like a brace and I didn't recognize that I'd broken I didn't know all the things but funny part is is through after being there a couple of days a few of the players came to visit me And I got really emotional about it. I was like, oh, my God, like, that's so nice of you to come visit me. And they're like, the field's right across the street from the hospital. And I had no idea. (laughs) I thought they made, like, this big trip to come see me. I had no idea where I was. Um, And then the team... Uh, Wife came and prayed for me like she came and sang by my hospital bed for days because it ended up being like a week that I was down there in intensive care and that was the longest week of my life because I just wanted to get back to Canada to see my son and you know, I couldn't fly because there was too much risk. If I hit turbulence, I could become paralyzed. So there was all these things. And finally, I got air ambulanced back a week later, um, back up here to Toronto Western and had to sign my life away. Like I remember signing this thing in Spanish and a translator was like, this is what you're signing for to say that if in travel, you become paralyzed, you die, like, it's not our fault. Like nobody's taking the risk here. And I was like, I just like closed my eyes and signed my name. and was like, get me back to Canada. Yeah. And then when I got home here, it was just totally different. Yeah.
1: What was the saving grace for you? I mean, I know you talk about the, the power of breath, but to keep yourself as calm as you could to allow the body to kind of, um, not start the healing process, because there was so much damage. I mean, you've broken it in three places, and you had massive concussions, which we can get to a little bit later. But to be able to calm the body enough so that you could, A, travel back home and realize that there was an opportunity for you to, to rehab it in a certain way, where there wasn't that fear constant of the paralyzation.
0: Yeah. I don't know why I just went into complete, like, okay, let's get, let's, I, I guess for me, like how I cope and how I get through adversity is like, okay, let's just go. Let's what, like, what's next. I need to get better. And so I'm always like in the future, I'm always thinking of, I'm, all, I'm a problem solver, right? Like that's what we do in sport. We solve problems. And so I'm like, Hey, this is the happening, but okay, I need to get better. So I need to get better in Canada. So get me home to Canada, <laughs> you know, and everything for me was just like step by step. And, you know, I kind of, I guess for me, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm alive. So I'm good. Like, I didn't even think like, I didn't even think I would have any limitations. I was like, okay, so I've gotten this car accident and yeah, it sucks right now. And I'm in a lot of pain, but I'm, I'm strong. I'm good. And I just, I'm such a forward thinker. I'm like, okay, what's next? Let's get better. And I, I remember even in Dominican, I was just purchased or leased my yoga, yoga studio, and I was working with the designers and they, like, I need, they needed my okay to go to demolition. And so like they're FaceTiming me and I'm like, yeah, go. Like I'm looking, I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like giving them instructions, like construction instructions. Like I was still working from my girl bed. I was like, I, I can't delay, I can't delay my yoga house. Right. Like I'm not, you know, I've invested all this money. Yeah, but so. you didn't
1: even know you'd be able to do yoga at this point, you know? So like you yeah. didn't even, yeah, I think you, you know, I think in the back of your mind, you knew that you could do this. What happened once you got back how what was the physio what was the rehab like for you because it has been a long process i mean you 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 can laugh about it now which is great right but it was a long process
0: it was a really long process and it's interesting to see different countries so when i got back to canada to Toronto Western, the first thing they did was like, they, oh no, they, yeah, they sat me up and when I, in the emergency room and I just like sheer pain because for a week I had been lying flat on my bed, like not moving different philosophies in Canada. They're like, get, get up, get moving. Like you need to sit up. Right. And so that was excruciating. And I was so upset with them. I was like, I'd been lying straight for a a week and you sat me up and that was awful. Then when I explained it to me, I was like, Oh, that makes sense. I need to move. And here was the game changer for me. Um, The very first day I got here or the day, but next day, my son came to see me and I'll never forget the look on his face when he came in and saw his mom, like all, you know, like, like not moving. Right. And the look of fear on his face, I was just like, oh my God, I, he cannot be scared. Like mom needs to be good, like right now. And so I was like, how's hockey. And then we created like a goal list for, I'm in my hospital room. Um, I'm like, okay, so what are your goals this week? This is my goal. And we just like, I just got his mind, like out of mom being broken. And I said to the nurse, I said, my son's coming tomorrow at 11 AM. I said, no matter what, I need to show him that I can walk because he he can't see his mom like this. He's too scared. So the, we practiced and we practiced. So the next day, I hadn't, been, I hadn't even like stood up at this point, right? Like my back's broken and I'm like, I'm going to do it. And so I get up on the walker and I, I faked it. I put all my <laughs> my weight on the walker and I just kind of shuffled my feet around. And I said, Will, take a picture of mom. Look, she's walking. And I just went inch by inch by inch. And he was like taking the video and that's the video that you see i don't know if you've seen it before but it was like afterwards when i did some media interviews that's the video that was like kind of that moment where i was like i'm walking and i'm not going to stop walking and i didn't from that day moving forward i was like you know what i'm just gonna get on that walker every day i'm strong enough and i'm just gonna do it and they were like don't do it and i'm like i just i knew my body and again it comes from my practice of yoga i'm like I tell I teach people to listen and be aware. And I was like, I wasn't gonna do anything to hurt it more, but I was like, I, I I feel like I can walk, you know? And so I just started walking like little baby steps, like every day. And just didn't stop walking. Like, and that's how I got better. I just kept going. Do, can,
1: do you think that the 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 shape that your body had been in, the core strength that it had helped protect you during the accident and in that healing process that that the shape you were in helped in this situation? 1,000%. So with yoga, what we what we teach is spine stabilization.
0: Like that's my whole program. When athletes get hit, how do they intrinsically stabilize their spine so they don't get hurt? And so they're strong, right? If you get hit, you lose your balance. How do you get back into the game? And so the, the yoga system is all about spine stabilization. And it's these intrinsic stabilizers that we teach the nervous system over and over again. So they become you know, a neural pathway, right? And so when I got hit, I know in that moment, I just like, I stabilized my spine and I swear to God, this is why I'm walking. I swear this is why I'm able to recover. And I, now when I coach or I teach people, I'm like, if you can move, you need to be accountable for your strength. I don't care what you look like. You need to be strong because at some point in your life, we will be faced with adversity. And this is always my message. And so I teach people now to be strong and I take no BS from anybody. I'm like, if I, if you're in my presence, we're working and we're going to make you stronger. And with my athletes, who I'm like, you make twenty five million dollars a year with your body. Like, let's make your body the best it can be for yourself, right? And if I'm working with a human, I'm like, let's make your body, you know, resilient, right? Mentally, emotionally, and physically, because we just don't know what's going to happen in our lives. And so now that I've been faced with this tragedy and I've gotten over it, I'm so like confident. I'm like, if I can get over it, so can you. If if I can be strong, so can you. And that's just how I have to be now.
1: Yeah. I know that in our last discussion, because we had done like this really quick hit um, a, a little while ago, a couple of weeks ago, uh, the concussion aspect, that was something that you hadn't quite anticipated, or you were so busy dealing with the, the back recovery that you hadn't thought about what had happened to the, to the head. So when did those concussions, when did that start to, to come into play?
0: Yeah. So after about three months, I was able to start moving again. And I was like, my goal was to get to the bottom of the street, have a Starbucks, be social, like, because, you know, I went through some depression, I went through all that stuff. And then, I realized once I started to move, like actually walking, I would like just stop and vomit all the time. And I was like, why am I puking all the time? And I I couldn't remember a thing. I couldn't remember anybody. Um, I had like, I was completely dizzy all the time. Like if I couldn't even look at a screen else I'd vomit. And then I was like, something else is going on here. Like I just wasn't right. I was very emotional. I was very angry, like things that for myself I hadn't identified with before in my character. And so I went to the Argos doctor because I had a connection there. And of course they do concussion test me and I had like a grade four concussion to later then doing an MRI to find that I had a tear in my brain as well. So I was dealing with two different brain injuries at the same time and severe um, soft tissue damage, like whiplash. And so what I've learned now after three and a half years of recovery, for me, the physical part was the easiest part. And now it's been the mental part and the brain piece that has been the, the most challenging. And because I look fine, it was it's really hard to explain to people why I don't remember you, why I have to leave, why I'm showing up to games with sunglasses and earplugs. Like I'm not trying to be cool. I just actually, my, my system can't handle the environment. And so You know, now that I've been through this brain injury and I'm still, you know, two hours a day, like it's a real thing. Um, I always say, or I think that my first accident led me to yoga and I created yoga. And now that I've been through this brain stuff, like yoga 2.0 is going to be something else. It's going to be about mental well-being and brain health. Because now that I've been through this trauma, this brain trauma, it's like if uh, there's a whole you know, what I've, like, it's just, it's awful. Like, you know, the fights I've had with my boyfriend, like, for no reason, I've lost my temp. Like, it's, when I talk to concussion um, with athletes, you know, they'll just go into rages, right? And I never understood it before, but now, like, now more than ever, I understand the impact of concussion and how it impacts your whole, your whole, your whole self, right? It's crazy.
1: Do you go into, I mean, because a lot of it now is to calm the brain, right? And so are you, with the breathing, is there a meditation involved? Like when you talk about it's still two hours, like what's that two hours a day? What are you doing or how are you coping?
0: Well, prior to COVID, I mean, I have a neurologist, I have an osteo, I have a physio, I have like all the things, right? Um, And then it's, but the, the piece that, you know... I, I lean on for myself as the meditation, right? Because I'm so about brain body connection and, because I know the power of that, you know, I practice it every single day. So my meditation is, you know, completely unique to me. Um, but a lot of the the meditation that I teach is just breath meditation, because it's very tangible. And, and everybody can identify with that. And I never want to scare people away with the word meditation. Because, you know, when I first started meditating, my interpretation was like, I need to sit and cross legged, and I need to burn candles and incense, and I need to like meditate. And for me, and how I function, that just didn't resonate. And so I've created. Some meditations that again are functional, right? And you know, the education piece is meditation is just becoming aware of or familiar with. And so, if you kind of translate and adapt the idea of what meditation is for people, then they have an easier time buying into it. And for me, it's been a savior. And I have all I've tried every bit of healing that I possibly can. Um, right now, I'm working with this guy out of Australia um, via Zoom, and he does neuroflexology, and he's helping me manage pain. And so what I'm doing right now is I'm leaning on all these healers around the world, because I'm so invested in getting better, because I know once I've, I've hit that mark where I'm like, okay, hey, I'm good, then I'm going to be able to, you know, package all this knowledge, and make it a part of my program and help more people. And so Now that I've been past this thing, I'm like, I, I, you know, even like years ago, I didn't want to teach yoga. I, I used to work in advertising and TV. I had like a shiny life. I had a good paycheck and I started teaching yoga and like, nobody wanted to pay me. And I was like making, I was like the poorest I'd ever been. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing this for? And then my publicist at the time, she's like, this is your gift. Like you have to do it. You're a healer. And I didn't know what that meant. And I just have this innate understanding of human movement and I have this idea of how to help people and I do, but now, and then I had to be accountable for it. But now that I've been through this, I'm like, shit, I was like, now I have to help more people. I'm accountable now again. So every time I like try to go away from it, it like something big in the world happens to me was like, no, boom, you are designed to help people. So we're going to give you that thing. Right. And this accident was that for me. It's a silver lining. Yeah. You
1: know, and you, when you talk about how as a healer, you know, how you can, you can view yourself as that and yet seeking out other healers, it's amazing how people have the ability to see differently how to help somebody, you know, whether it's spiritually, whether it's through touch or whether it's through, you know, patterns in the body. I mean, there's so many different things that are interconnected. That people specialize in and and I don't think it's woo-woo some people might go okay now we're getting woo-woo and I do I really it's not woo-woo like there's 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 science behind it there's an understanding of what is actually being done to the system 1000% like this
0: guy I'm working with Scott Robinson
1: literally so I had a setback
0: last weekend I had had a treatment with him via zoom And I felt so good last Thursday, like the best I'd felt in so long, because I haven't been able to have my rehab, right? So I'm leaning on different ways to heal my body right now. I've had no physio, no osteo, nothing, nothing touched, like no tangible. So I had a session last Thursday, I was feeling great. And then we drove up to the cottage on the weekend. And just the sheer being, because I've been at home for eight weeks in isolation, in quiet and no travel, like not totally opposite of my normal life. But I went back out onto the highway onto the 401 and like lights. I was like, oh my God, what is going on? And I went into full post-traumatic, like full sympathetic nervous system. Woke up Saturday, could barely move. Couldn't even move my body. And it's like my body remembered that feeling of being, like I felt like exactly, not exactly, but like what I would have felt like two years ago. And I was like, this is crazy. So I emailed him. And I was like, what did you do to me? I was like, I can't. I didn't understand at the time it was post. I, I thought it was something he did. And he was like, no, no, no. He's like, "You, your body was exposed. We just did all this work. And then you went and threw yourself in the environment that caused all of this. So it remembered. And I was like, this is crazy. So then on Tuesday, I had another session with him. This guy, he's like, okay, like cross your arms. Go back to the pain. Feel the pain. Open your eyes. like, you know, tap here, tap on your patella. Like, look this way. Like, touch your fingers. How do you feel? And I'm like, I, I, I wanted to. I didn't know what to do through the screen, but I was like, he took my pain away. Like, here I am today, and I'm like, two days ago, then I could not move. And he did.
1: Like, I'm just so, I'm so open to all these healers. And there's there's so many. Because I can see you right now and you're moving around and like, yeah, yeah, you got arms filling, you got everything. So it's so hard for us because we see you in the public light, right? And then you go and you do the Housewives of Toronto. And so you have this public persona and yet you can be out there and flashy and wearing a tight dress and high heels. And then at the same time, you could be saying to me, Leanne, like two days ago, I wasn't even moving. You know, it's such a different spectrum of reality for people to know that you can, people and people do this. They live two varied lives, like one's in front and one's behind the scenes.
0: Yeah, and the reason I maintain that, you know, is because I've done all of this work my whole life. So I did the Housewives strategically as a marketing play for my business. You know, I'm. this was all very strategic for me, and so I was – and that was part when I got you know had the accident I was so resentful because I felt like I was at the top of my game you know I just bought the space I was training all these teams i just done the house I'm like finally it's my turn like you know you've worked in sport like a female in sport working all the you know it's hard and so I finally felt like I created this opportunity for myself and like the floodgates were going to open you know and then I get almost and then I almost die and I'm like are you kidding me? Like I have to start all over, but it wasn't starting all over. It was a gift. Um, You know, but when that whole public eye thing, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to let my injuries take this away from me. And so I braved it. I put a smile on my face. I did those red carpets. Like the lights killed me. Like nobody would know that five minutes later I went and puked in the washroom doing all that. You know, nobody would know that I'd get home and cry because I couldn't remember anybody's name and I was embarrassed. Like nobody would know that after those nights I would wake up and I'd have to sleep for a whole next day. And so and, I, and I'm just starting to talk about this now because I'm coming on the other side of it, but it's almost like that whole fake it till you make it. I was like, no, I'm not going to let this accident take that away from me. Like I have worked my whole life to get exposed and to expose my program to the world. I'm not, you know what I mean? And to leverage the marketing and the PR from the show, like it was very strategic. So I just braved my way through it. And yeah. And now I'm, I want people to know the other side of it because I want people to know that, you know what, it isn't always easy, but it's how you show up. And, you know, if you continue to show
1: up, then that's all you can do. And it doesn't have to be perfect. Right. you when I was looking at stuff for, of you, cause I always like Google stock my guests before I have them on. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting because I could go back, like there was, I was going back like 10, 15 years on videos of you. And I thought there was an interesting one uh, with a TED talk that you had done on like social media on how, and especially now with how big you rely on it for your business, right? But even coming down to how we are losing the fact that we're not living in the present moment. We're constantly addicted to our phones. Like we're, we're, you know, like I found it really interesting that you have dealt with so many things that the general public is dealing with and have spoken about it almost before, these things were happening because this was a while ago that you did that talk
0: totally and I feel like again my mom always said like I'm i I'm always just a little bit early you know <laughs> and then later it'll make sense you know because I've been talking about breathing and mental well-being for so many years and finally like with sport they're finally buying in I'm like god it only took 15 years for somebody to listen you know <laughs> and same with the TED talk at the time like I was just I did a social experiment with myself because I was using social media at that time I was just you know going through a divorce. And I remember using social media just to make myself feel better. I'm like, oh, I was one of those people. I was like, yeah, if I have some likes and I know people still like me and it made me feel good. And so when I did the real social experiment with myself and I took away social media and I hid my phone, I did. I went through all those withdrawal you know, symptoms. I had anxiety. I had all these things. I was like, oh my God, I'm totally addicted to not my phone, but to this thing called social media because I was getting something from it. I was getting serotonin. I was getting that you <laughs> you know that oxytocin you know chemical release because somebody liked my picture like it's so crazy and my audience was a bunch of young um university students and i thought i felt like the important that message was really important at that time because the whole platform for that ted talk was what do you want to be when you grow up and so there was the underlying you know message was about that and so to answer that i had to think back and i was like well i definitely didn't make my decision through watching somebody else's journey on social media my authentic story came from my passion, what I wanted to do with my life. And so I had, I kind of had to reverse engineer the whole process. And I was like, well, how do I, how do I teach that group of people to be authentic? And I was like, oh, it didn't come from, it came from me creating something for myself. And so then the whole Ted talk became about how to be authentic. And the only way you can be authentic is when the story comes from you. And so I, I I now, when I do my talks, I'm, I'm so invested in other people's stories because I'm like, that's your power. Your story is your power. And you can only do what you do in your life, whatever your career is, based on your own story. And that's where you get your authentic voice from. But the only way you can hear that story for yourself is if you stop listening to everybody else's story, right? And make your own path. Because it's so easy. You know, my publicist, I love her. She's always like, Jana, keep your eyes on your own mat. You know, but kind of like blindfolders and like, do what you want to do for the world. Don't worry about what that guy's doing, this guy's doing, you know, because we're so easily influenced by what other people are doing, that it interferes with our own, you know, ideas and it interferes with our own creativity. So this whole idea of being authentic, I think now more than ever. And I think COVID was kind of a gift for this, right? Because it forced people to slow down and it forced people to like get real. And I was like, thank you world. Let's just put a pause here and everyone like get real and like figure out your stuff.
1: (laughs) So I, you know, you're going through it in your own sense. You've had to kind of pivot the business. You're working with athletes who I think probably are benefiting a lot of these professional athletes. Well, you know, their bodies are healing, over this this time right and you are you know you're missing on your recovery touch right you're missing the hands-on touch how important is human touch to people's lives you know I think I feel it more now right we're not able to hug people we're not able to have that touch that's healing like do, do you find that that's part of also someone's journey is is touch on people touch with movement touch with healing injuries that it's crucial
0: um, you know, I do. And I, I, just think, cause it's like neurotransmission, right? And there's actually neurons that we give out, like we're vibrational, we're living thing, we're cellular. And so, you know, we talk about magnetic energy and this is real. And so I think like this, even social distancing, it's like, it's created like with people to be standoffish. And I'm like, I'm just smiling at you. Like, I'm not going to give you COVID, but you know what people are like, can't even smile. It's so weird. And so to answer your question, one thousand percent like healing is in human connection right like you need to hug and you need to transmit energy and that's what that's what we are right we're beings you know we're we're human beings we need to be human and part of being human is
1: interacting with other humans how can people interact with you? I mean, we've given a sense of what the yoga is like. I mean, people either will have, the, they have heard of you or they saw you on TV, but this is really where the passion lies for you is with yoga. And so where could they go to find more or to participate or to learn some of these, even if they're not that elite national athlete, because I think you spoke a lot about what it actually can do for every individual. So how, did, how do they go about it? Or if they've never done a yoga or if they've never sat to breathe, you know, where do they start? Well we just I just launched Fit plan so that's the best it's an
0: app and there's there's very beginner programs in there and the Fit plan app is designed for everybody so it's not designed just for professional athletes it's not sports specific it's movement and I have all those foundation programs in there so it's designed for very beginner like entry-level person all the way up to level two um, and it's very inexpensive it's like seven dollars a month and that includes all of my programs plus all these other world you know, like Kim Kardashian's trainers on there you know it's like the best of the best I'm so super grateful to even be included with these amazing group of people um, so yeah I'm on fit plan app that's probably the Easiest to actually do the programs. Um, so in, all of my stuff is on my Instagram, Joga Jana. You can, you know, all the things are on there, all the websites and all the oh, all
1: yeah, all, all the ways that you spoke about years ago, not being so connected, but still being as connected as I, I find that this it's been a great way for people to expand out and learn so much more. I, this is the one time I felt social media has offered people value. Totally. Like, you know, how to cook, how to work out. Like, there are things that are available for people out there that can have a positive impact on their lives if they choose to listen and take in the information.
0: Yeah. And I always say that, but like, but use your brain. You know, it also drives me crazy that there's people who all of a sudden are workout experts online. And I was like, maybe, like, you know, you're not the best resource, right? <laughs> Everyone's all of a sudden an expert in everything. Um, but that's fine. I mean, I get it. So, I also, you know, I, I look through, you know, I'm actually doing a campaign today about, like, you know, be careful what you listen to and what you do. Like, use your brain, make sure you be critical, right? Have critical thinking. Like, don't lose that because you need to. You're being induced by, you know, different people's ideologies and different people's things it's just from so be careful right like choose smartly
1: yeah okay and I'm gonna ask you because uh, I, I know our time is uh we're royally running short and usually I've got like a full hour but we've got back-to-back podcast for Janet today can you give us like your your top three books or what you helped you or what inspired you in reading or anything that you think would be of help to people
0: Well, the one I'm ending right now by document is called the end to mental illness. It is unbelievable because there's this huge surge of mental illness in the world right now. And again, for me, the landscape is always like, let's look at science. And this man has these, this program is called SPEC program. He can look at your brain and whether it was just even child abuse or trauma, like how we hold trauma in the brain and what this does for ADHD, suicide, like all the things. Right. And so for me, this book is like, Oh, I'm like everybody in the world. And he's going against, he's a, he's a world renowned psychologist and he's going against psychology. And he's like, Love psychology, but talking about your past isn't going to do anything. We actually need to fix the brain, and we can fix mental illness. And so for me, this book, it's, I look at it because it's right yeah, over no, there. Okay, so repeat it and repeat the author? Yeah, so Doc M-N-A-M-E-N, and it's called The End of Mental Illness. Let me make sure I got the title right. One second, please. The End of Mental Illness. That's okay, wait.
1: She, she's gotten up way off from where her uh, microphone is, so she's coming back. Okay, oh. what do you got? The End of Mental Illness. The End of mental illness. Okay. By document. Okay. And give us two more.
0: Uh, well, Celestine prophecy, I think is a good one. You should read that one. Cause the talk- to. Thing is a coincidence. Um, gosh. You know, all the ones are going to be recent, but I got to go, you know, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Like, I think it's like Dale Carnegie or David Chilton. That's an old school one. Yeah, it's old school. But again, I was introduced to Anthony uh, Robbins when I was 17. And I don't care what people say. All that stuff is good. All the things you can do to, like, be positive is good for you. (laughs) So I'm, I'm I'm a big fan of the books that teach us about the power of positivity and gratitude and, you know.
1: Yeah, me too. I think yeah. we have, we have very similar th- thinkings, and uh, I will get uh, those out in terms of some of the top threes that were your, that were your selection, Jen. It was so nice to actually be able to chat in this format. Um, I'm so glad to know that you're healthy. I know it's still uh, there's still a road to recovery. I know, and that's the thing is like you look fantastic. You're out. You're moving about. You're on screen, but that there's still a daily battle that you need to go through. That it's it's always a work in progress. Yeah, yeah, and thank you
0: for this. It's nice to have like an authentic conversation. And- Thanks for asking all the hard questions.
1: <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, you know, it, it helps. I think for me, it's always knowing that there's a listener out there that can be inspired, you know, by one thing, by one change, by one outlook, by one book. You know, if, if it's one person that will change their thinking or will decide today's the day I'm going to sit down and breathe and calm my system or move my body, then that for me is my is my main goal too. So. One yeah. person at a time, right, Jenna? <laughs> One person at a time. And,
0: you know, accountability, like that's my word for people. I'm like, be just be accountable for yourself because at the end of the day, we have to build this like old, robust version of ourselves for the world. It's like prepare for battle, <laughs> you know, I always – and so we just have to build ourselves emotionally, physically, and mentally the best that we can for ourselves. Whatever that starting point is, you have to start somewhere, right? And then put your armor on for yourself. That's all you can do. I make. love it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to be able to chat. Thank you to the listeners. Uh, that again is uh, another episode of Living Your Life with Leanne Lang. And as always, remember to share, like, share it with your friends. Let them know that it's out there uh, and that we always have really fun, fascinating topics each and every week. Have a great day.
0: Come on a journey like no other